You're listening to the Black Career Guide podcast. Uh, hi, welcome to the Black Career Guide. Um, this is Kemi and today I'm joined by Daniel. Um, Daniel, would you like to introduce yourself? Of course. Hi, um, my name's Daniel. I am a freelance camera operator or freelance cameraman, um, whichever you want to call it. Uh, oh, is that is is camera operator the PC way? Well, yeah, because obviously you have female <laughs> camera ops as well. So um, camera yeah, operator like is that. all encompassing as, as, the, <laughs> as it goes. So, um, so what do you do? What what is the the role of a camera person then? If you were to break it down, okay. Um, so you have various. Um, not industries, obviously entertainment, film and TV, but you kind of have people who more predominantly do film or people who more predominantly do TV. Yeah. I, um, I'm in the TV world of things, so okay. I, I work on um, your standard Saturday night entertainment shows usually. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, so it's just essentially, yeah, I'm on the camera making sure everything looks good, is in focus and, you know, is a nice sort of aesthetically pleasing shots to the eye as it were (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool and is this something that you always wanted to do did you set out to do this or how how did you get into the career um definitely not what I set out to do (laughs) I am I'm my background my parents are Nigerian I'm (laughs) so immediately when I say that people know it's kind of like okay university um you know lawyer doctor blah blah yeah. blah um which engineer. Was, engineer exactly <laughs> which was I still think to this day my parents dream for me would have been to want be one of those things but um they are extremely happy with the route I've gone down and oh, really I um I went to university and I studied uh I actually did a sports science and management studies degree okay. um so polar opposites to what I'm yeah, doing uh, exactly. <laughs> for a career but um I was very adamant I was one of those kids that I was like if I'm going to university for that amount of time I want to do something that I'm interested in and um at the time for me it was I was very much sort of a sports sports guy um did all the sports and you know played semi-pro for football teams etc oh, cool. so when I went to university I really wanted to study the um I wanted to get into the theory behind sports. So um, that's why I did a sports science degree. Okay. And um, leaving university, I went into sports coaching. I was coaching for Fulham Football Club for a little oh, while cool. straight after I left uni. But um, along the line, it kind of, I, I guess, you know, long story short, I kind of fell out of love with it, um, if I'm kind of honest. So, yeah, yeah. It was, <sighs> um, it was a lot of kind of traveling from I lived in South London at the time obviously Fulham's in West London so Mm. it was a lot of traveling across town and um just you know life happens and Mm. I kind of fell fell out of love with it um how did you discover this world then well yeah so my brother at the time worked for BBC in the finance department and um he knew that I was kind of like trying to find something else and you know move on um career-wise and so he had a friend who worked for a tv company called Endemol and they were the ones that did 
Big Brother. I don't know if people yeah, remember yeah. back in the day. I've heard of Endemol, but I yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. So their Big Brother when it was on Channel Four as well. Um, oh wow, That's so a long time way ago. <laughs> way back in the day, and um, yeah. So he was like, yeah, they're looking for people to kind of start at base level, runner level, um, essentially, which is you know making teas and coffees, you're photocopying scripts, wow. you're literally running up and down the studio floor when the show's going on, and that's I went for an interview, got the job, and that's how I got into tv wow uh, so you start you say you started right from the bottom then yeah 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 so oh, i started wow. as a as a runner which most people who um who do want to go into tv that is probably a starting point for most people um oh, unless okay. you're you know you studied maybe i don't know script writing or you know some other kind of specialist aspect of things where you can kind of go into that particular route but um for me yeah a lot of people that want to get into the tv world will start off as being a runner and um, that's where I started and you know progressed through so a typical progression in in the world of tv is you you start as a runner then you move up to maybe a junior researcher then a researcher and then you know um, maybe a senior researcher or or assistant producer then to producer and you know so on and so forth until you get to sort of exec executive producer level okay so um, then but then you didn't take that route because obviously you didn't you weren't going down the producer <laughs> no so yeah so i started i did i actually did start you know going up that ladder as it were i made my way up to assistant producer oh, um, wow. on a few different shows um and the other thing with tv is all very sort of contractual so you're working on a show for maybe two months at a time then you move on to another show and the show could be four weeks and mm. you know so it was like a lot of up and down um but through the years I sort of progressed to assistant producer level mm. um but the consistent thing I I always recognized during my time from being a runner was that I was very interested in how things looked mm. as opposed to more um you know writing the content for shows and things like that I was a yeah. lot very interested you know when I was a runner I was always on the studio floor talking to the camera operators oh. trying to see how things worked and you know and luckily you know people are so nice a lot of the time they'll let you actually you know have a go and because a lot of people have been in that situation themselves you yeah. know so, you know they're very I was very lucky that I had people let me have a go on cameras and talk me through things and you know what different things did on the cameras and it just kind of sparked that interest oh. and as time went on that was something that was growing inside me every show I did I was always very you know keen on seeing how things looked and how things were achieved in terms of the shots mm. so um I I was working on X Factor as a as a researcher at the time actually okay. and and um that sounds you know, fun yeah it it was it was fun it's hard work it's hard work but it was it, this was like quite a few years ago when they still used to do like the big uh, arena auditions and mm. you know toured around the country and stuff and on that show obviously you have like at least 20 cameras um on the audition shows mm. so I got talking to a lot of the camera operators and um, they pointed me in the direction of the company that supplied the equipment, the cameras. And yeah, so that's how I got into it. So I ended up talking to them and, and they took me on board as a trainee, as it were, trainee um, or kit room assistant. So I spent, I spent, uh, I think it was nine. So then you started again at the bottom. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So I went back. So, so this is, this is um around the time I was actually getting married as well so it was oh, like wow. you know perfect timing <laughs> so to speak um to go back to you know starting from scratch again 
um, but it enabled me to my craft as it were because mm. I was in a in a kit room where you're surrounded by camera equipment and lighting equipment and I spent uh, 10 months in there you know um, just learning all the equipment and what things do and you know being able to also to a certain certain degree being able to take things apart and put them back together so you know the inner workings of different equipment and um, after that I started going out as a camera assistant on you know, little shows here and there, okay. um, which is essentially as a camera assistant, your job is to assist the camera operator mm. on the show. So you're doing everything from driving the equipment to location, um, setting up cameras and lenses and helping them with setting up lights and stuff. Your job is to basically make things easy. in conjunction with the camera operator just as smooth and as easy for, for them to be able to do their job. So, um yeah. You know, you're constantly having to sort of think ahead. Um, okay, we're doing this shot at the moment, but what's coming next? And what can I get ready for that? And so being on location taught me that side of things. I knew, you know, the, the equipment inside out. But when you get onto location, you know, there's so many other things that you deal with that you wouldn't necessarily not know mm. being being in an office or kit room environment. Um, so that's that's kind of how I got into it. So, and, you know, from- so then from being assistant, um, camera operator how did you um, and you said that you're freelancing now as well so I'd really like to hear about how you moved from being I'm guessing you went into being a camera operator before you started freelancing right or what did you do yeah so um, again with the company that I was at um, it's a company called Hot Cam Hot Cam um, they put you oh, wow. put me out on these <laughs> yeah plug. <laughs> I mean they were really I, I had I spent four years there oh, wow. and it was really like a massive learning curve but definitely gave me a lot of experience uh, going forward um so as a camera assistant i went out on various different shows that they did mm-hmm. um and i said before it was a lot of the big entertainment shows so your x factors britain's got talent those kind of mm-hmm. those kind of shows and um from being a camera assistant you work with loads of different camera operators and you know uh, people sort of spot your potential a lot mm-hmm. of the times um so you get given given opportunities sometimes to to just jump on a camera just for a few minutes to cover a camera operator who's had to go off and do something mm. or you know they're short uh, they've they put an extra camera position in and they 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 need someone to step up and jump on the camera for a while and I did that quite a bit on these shows um and eventually I got given a a permanent camera operator position. Oh, so from being a camera assistant, kind of moved up to a camera operator on these shows while I was still staff at this company, oh, which wow. um, which a lot of times doesn't really happen because as the nature of our industry as camera operators is you're a freelancer. So yeah. you're, you know, you don't, you don't know when the next job is going to come through the door. Um, so for someone who's a staff member who's earning a salary to to get a camera operator position is is kind of rare so so did you have to double up roles or were you full-time camera operator no I had to double up roles a lot yeah I had to double up roles a lot like literally on camera and then still running off to go and grab something else and then jumping back on camera and yeah so it was a busy time um but as I say given that opportunity um it allowed me when I did eventually I left the company that I was working with or working for even and went uh, freelance okay. which um, is kind of the next progression essentially people stay at kit houses for I don't know between two to four years sometimes longer sometimes shorter it just depends on your experience and 
when you feel you're ready to go out into the big bad world of um freelancing uh so yeah when i luckily when i stepped out into being a freelancer i already had a position on a lot of these shows oh, um cool. from when i was at the company um so it was a easier transition i'd say for me um but i was just you know quite lucky and quite blessed um to be in that position oh that's great um, Th- there sounds like um in your industry there's a lot of uh networking needed um yeah so how do you how do you navigate that how do you do, do, do the roles that you sorry the opportunities that you get um are they are they still network based at this stage of your career a lot of the times yes um especially i'd say more so when i was starting out as a camera assistant um because you could be the best camera assistant and you know know your stuff inside out but if you don't speak to people and people get to know you and what you can do then you will just be sitting at home mm. not working um so uh, i th- i think also going back to my time as an assistant producer and as a researcher it kind of gave me a lot of confidence to talk to people mm. because in those roles as a researcher or an AP, you're very often dealing with members of the public on these different shows and, oh. you know, talking to people and, you know, hearing their stories and what's unique about them and how you can translate that into a, a, a story on, on camera, essentially. So, you know, you get to talk to a lot of people and that has, is something that's never left mm. me. Um, and even now, like, you're you're only as good as your last job so people we work with like i said you know you do a tv show for two months and then you're moving on to something else for six weeks and mm. for four weeks and everyone's in that same position from producers to the runners to the camera ops to the sound sound recorders everyone's in that position wow. so you someone you work with on a show today could be going on to another show tomorrow for x amount of weeks and they might need a camera person and they they could recommend you based on the experience they just had with you oh. on the previous job or you know your network they'll say you know I know someone who's a camera operator and pull out their phone book or their diary and reach out to you that way so networking is definitely essential in in what we what I do anyway wow um so what's it like being a black person navigating that um <laughs> navigating your industry um it's <sighs> It's interesting, <laughs> put it that way. Um, I have to admit, numerous times, countless amount of times, I've been one of, if not the only, black person on on a shoot. Wow. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't know what the reason is, but I guess maybe you know, lack of knowledge for people. I guess which is why this is what you're doing is essentially so important yeah. because I know for a fact that had I known about things um or heard people's experiences i probably would have gone a different route to get where i am Mm. now um maybe a a shorter route than the journey i took but you know i'm always grateful for the growth and the steps i've taken to get here but um you know essentially if i had a bit of advice or whatever coming up then maybe things would have been different but going back to me as an individual on location a lot of times i end up being the the only black person Mm. um or one of the only black camera ops on on the team and it's it's interesting because it's a lot of times it's something that I don't really take any notice of because I'm just there to to do the work and do it to the best Mm. of my ability um but it definitely is something that you you pick up on 
um, a lot of the times. Uh, would, would you say you've been treated differently at any point? Because oh, I've um, I've I've definitely had times when um, <laughs> I've been been told. I actually remember an occasion where I was told that. Um, I was a camera assistant at the time and I was told that I didn't really need to, there were like two or three camera assistants on this job because it was a big show and I was point blank told, oh, you don't need to worry too much about trying to impress because I was only there to make up the numbers basically to tick the the equality box as it were. Wow. Um, Which literally knocked me for six at the time. Um, Turns out the person who was saying it has been... um, it doesn't really work in the industry anymore because he's he's got a reputation for just well, being thank a, God for that one. <laughs> yeah, being a downright terrible person. But at the time, it was like, what? Whoa! What do I do with that mm. sort of information? And um, I didn't have the confidence to say anything because I was scared of losing my job, mm. or you know, um, didn't want to be seen as the angry black man on location. <laughs> um, so I just you know swallowed it and carried on with the job and. Uh, yeah, so I've had occasions where I've, you know, been treated a little bit different because of my skin colour. But mm. I have to say, I'm quite lucky in the sense that it's, it's been very few occasions. And thankfully, I mean, I'm not one that keeps quiet when <laughs> these things happen to <laughs> yeah, me now. Yeah, I suppose. So do you, do you, have you found that, like, as you've progressed and obviously mm. now you're a freelancer, do you feel yeah. like you can have those conversations and make your... Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think um, for me, you know, knowing your worth has been very, very important mm. along this journey that I've that I'm on. Um, because you're only no one's going to sing your praises as much as you will yeah. be able to. Um, I I've taken confidence a lot in the, the the fact that I do a good job on on the shoes that I do. So when I am in those positions where people are, you know, trying to be funny or saying things that I'm not best pleased with I'm able to just speak up because um I know what I'm worth and I know what you know what I bring to the table not just being there as a the only black person to tick a box I know that I'm also there on on merit that might be an aspect of it from from a certain degree but Mm. I know that 100% I'm there on merit so it allows me to be able to speak up when (laughs) if people do try to be funny as it were um, so what would you advise your 18-year-old self about the journey that you've taken? What would be your <laughs> mm, advice to 18-year-old Daniel? That is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I think one big thing that I would definitely say to myself is look at what you're passionate about um, and yeah. try and do some research into that yeah. further down the line. So not just looking at what's in front of you not not just what's you know a year from now yeah. two years from now try and look a bit more long term and see what sort of progression you could make from what you're passionate about because I mean from young I've always liked taking pictures and stuff and mm. you know it's something that for me sport was the be all and end all at the time um I didn't think anything outside of that but looking back if I had kind of looked at okay what do I actually enjoy okay sports yeah that's a big one but what other things am I interested Mm. in and look at the possible career paths that I could trace back to the point I'm you know I am now in terms of the 18 year old me if I look ahead 10 years what could I be in those 10 years and how do I trace my steps back to now Mm. 
so I can navigate that route. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does completely. Yeah, I think that's something um, that we would all like to do. Um, yeah. All of us that did it, that have degrees that we've never used, um, yeah. <laughs> would all like to have that conversation with our 18 year olds. Exactly. Um, what's the best career advice you've ever received? Um, oh, the best career advice I've ever received. Uh, goodness. I've had quite, uh, I, I think one thing that has always stuck with me that I was told was, um, I guess maybe because of the nature of the industry and, and what I'm in, that you only just remember that people only remember you based on your last job mm. a lot of the times. So in that sense, what I took from that was just make sure that every job that you do or every shoot that you're on, you do your best. Yeah, um, exactly, which is something that I would want to do anyway, but it's just something that consciously is stuck in the back of my head because yeah. it is very true. People will remember you based on an experience they've had with you. Um, it could be the last shoot you did or it could be a shoot they did with you like months in the past, but they will always remember someone who was on job, as it were, and who was on it from the get-go. Um, and that's something that I've always held on to. So what would you advise someone who was trying to get into your industry now then, or into a role like yours? Um, uh, oh, sorry, before I go into that, oh, there's one sure. other thing that I want to add with regards to the advice that I've been given is another thing is if you are on time and you are late. <laughs> um in my world, that's one of the biggest things, timing. You can't, because everything works to a schedule mm. in TV or schedule, however people say it. Yeah. Um, everything works to time. It's all about timing, 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 especially when you're a camera assistant bringing equipment to location. You can't be the one they're waiting for. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was that was another thing that came to my head. Um, with regards to advice for people trying to get into, into what I'm doing, I'd say, again, research is very important. Um, Look at the look at what you want to do, mm-hmm. and look at what people are in that field who are sort of leading the way, as it were. Um, there's so many companies that supply camera equipment, and because it's kind of, I think for for a camera operator, there's two sort of major routes you can get into it. Mm-hmm. One is either the route that I went down, um, going to a a kit house is what they refer to as, okay. um, so a camera rental company um, who also supply crew. So um, they will then, you know, train you up and then send you out on different jobs. And from there, you know, you, you make your, your way into the, the, the industry. Or another one is there are a lot of um, sort of single entities, I call them, but they're like single camera operators who own a lot of equipment and they're, you know, they work on shows on their own sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And you could, approach someone like that to kind of be a camera trainee under them are those so, are, are, are the are those two groups of people easy mm. to find for someone who's trying to get involved i think the easier one to find would definitely be the the rental companies mm. they are obviously you know they need to be found um, they need to be visible for people to go to them to hire equipment so they're a lot mm. more visible and easy to get hold of. Um, the owner operators, you probably would need to either sort of work in the industry or know people who work in the industry to put you in contact with sort of mm. people like that. Um, I'd say being a runner, 
for me, yeah, being a runner was a very good base to understanding how things work in the in television TV. industry for me. Um, but then I, I suppose TV and uh, entertainment in general have, is notoriously very, very um, autocratic. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I've seen um, documentaries and stuff about how how difficult it is to get roles like that. They're usually kind of reserved. Even the runner roles are kind of reserved for someone who knows someone who's got a cousin, who's got an auntie. Yeah. Um, so how do you suggest that uh, someone who's aspiring to get into TV kind of navigates that? Do they need to find someone? Um, I think you you are right. Um, I, and I think that sort of... Um not perception, but that notion is changing slowly, I think. Mm. Um, but it is very heavily based on who you know. Mm. Um, especially um, the the runner roles. Because the, the, the thing about it is people will try and get people in jobs that they, they know are good. So if yeah, they've heard like from, from their colleague or someone who's like, I'm looking for a runner, and they say, I've just worked with this person who was absolutely amazing, you know, they'll put them forward for it and mm. nine times out of ten, they will go on that recommendation. But I think there are still companies, there are companies out there like, you know, your Endermoles, your um, Lime, Lime Pictures. Um, and this is why I say doing research is, yeah. is extremely important because even like, you know, ITV, Channel 4, they have schemes that get people into the industry. And mm. um, even if you're starting off as an office runner, you know, you start off as an office runner who's based in the office doing scripts for, for all the various different shows that they have. And from then on, you can sell yourself, i.e. network and speak to people and, mm. you know, get into various different departments that way. So for me, I think getting someone trying to get into the industry, if you know someone who is already in there, then great, because they can give you a recommendation mm. as to where to go. But if not, it's not a, you know, that's not the be all and end all. Okay, um, they're definitely... Yeah, there's definitely companies who, you know, because that's how I got into it. I didn't know anybody in TV. The person that my brother put me in touch with was um, was a secondary person as well. He mm. then gave me the email for someone else. Oh, wow. You know? um, so it wasn't like there was no personal connection there from me to, to that person. I literally went in there not knowing anything about television world. But, you know, they were just looking for someone who was competent and who, who um, was a hard worker. And that was it. <laughs> that yeah. was literally it. So um, there's definitely there's definitely different ways to, to get into the industry. Okay, good to know. Um, and do you have any final kind of um, top tips as they were? Um, top tips. Um, be think... personable. Yeah. You know, be personable um, is definitely something that is a big bonus being personable sorry something that's definitely a big bonus in tv because people like working especially when you're working on a, a tv show that can get quite um not heated but you know it's a it's a very sort of go 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 situation a mm. lot of the times you want someone who's uh personable who's hard working someone who's just like can get the job done mm. but still you know have a smile on their face and mm. just being being nice that's for me that's what's always worked for me it's just you know you're a human being in a day we're not saving lives here it's we're making, <laughs> we're making television um but you know doing it in a, an enjoyable manner is something that i've always kind of gone with and it's you know touch touch wood and thank god it's, it's gotten me to where i am today um 
So yeah, I'd say you know just being personable, being being punctual, <laughs> highly okay, important, um, and hardworking. You know, yeah. it, go- it goes a long way. Great, 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 great. It's really interesting because um, I, I suppose there's a, a lot of people who wouldn't have thought about this career path. Um, so yeah. hopefully, um, having heard from Daniel today, uh, you would. Um, have enough information or it might have sparked an interest um and so i'm really happy thank you for talking to me daniel thanks for having me thank you um and yeah uh thanks for listening to the black career guide bye 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 (laughs) thank you for listening to the black career guide podcast join us next week for another brand new episode Thank you.